and gentlemen, you might have been thinking at this point, ah, he's not going to do a Fritzcast this week. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. It is Saturday, June 22nd, 2019. And welcome to another edition of the Fritzcast. How are you all doing? I just got back from my brother's house. Big shout out. Happy birthday to my next oldest brother, Punk, for his 40th birthday. He is, uh, I'm, I just turned 30. He's just turning 40. He's like nine and a half years older than me. Uh, and as evident today, because he, or as evident now, because he's turning, or has turned 40, depending on the time that you listen to this, uh, he's old. He's an old fart, but it's okay. He's cool. It's okay. We're cool, man. Let's get together sometime. Let's have a beer, you know. And, uh, you know, we'll reminisce on 40 years on God's green earth for you, my friend. Uh, But it was great to be over at his place. He was made to cook for his birthday and for his daughter's birthday, too. Happy happy birthday to, to, uh, I'm not name dropping now. We're not going to name drop, but happy happy birthday to her, too. Uh, And uh, just, just some of the growing that your family does. In, in a short span of time, or at least it seems short. It's actually a long span of time, but it, it's it, things go in a blink of an eye. Um, his daughter, my niece, uh, at our baby shower a couple weeks ago, um, they, they brought us a gift that was wrapped up, and uh, you know she told us when we get home and open it up, she, w- she was very, very excited about this. She said there's an outfit in there that I picked out, and it is so cute. And me and my wife got home. We opened it up, and obviously the outfit was so cute. It's so cute. It's hanging up in the nursery, um, just awaiting for the baby to arrive. And and if, I, if, if I'm going baby crazy, if, if it sounds like I'm talking about a baby too much, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but having a, having a child is uh, one of those life-altering events. It's one of those things that changes everything. You always hear about things changing everything. And in some cases it's true, in some cases it's not, in some cases it's hyped or whatever. But this is like legitimately, yeah, it's a little baby crazy here in the Fritzcast home because it, because it is. So it's a long story and I won't go into it, but that's why I started up Database, a Fritzcast blog. All about my journey into becoming a father. And touching up on some of my wife's stuff, too. I mean, my wife likes to be a more private, reserved kind of person. And I don't want to put our business collectively and her business, singularly, out there without her permission. She's given me permission to cover a lot of topics, a range of different subjects, because we went through a big process with this thing. 
And that's what database it's all about. It's it's to help separate it from the podcast so that this doesn't become me spouting about babies all the time and you going, oh God, here he goes again. He's talking about a baby. He sounds like a baby from a TV show that I watch a lot. I binge it, not on Netflix, but on Hulu. God, my stewie's gotten bad. I gotta, I gotta brush up on that. I, I really do. Uh, somebody the other day was complimenting me on my story, and I was like, you know, Brian, it's not that good. Um, you know, I could do better, you know. Um, I've lost some of the touch. Uh, I've lost some of the British, um, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel pretty blah about it right now. But, but you know, like today, like, so today it was my brother's 40th birthday, but, but before that, his 40th birthday and his daughter's birthday as well, um, before that, though, we were at a community baby shower from, like, 11 o'clock in the morning to, to 2 o'clock or something. 11.30 in the morning to 2 o'clock. It, it, it was a chunk of time. Uh, very interesting, though. There's lots of helpful stuff for parents here in Delaware that you, you would never even know about. Delaware has stuff and resources and things going on, but you just don't know about it because it's Delaware. Everybody's like, you know, this place is Delaware and it sucks got a lot of helpful things. Uh, I learned about a couple of different organizations, you know, place, places that I would honestly donate money to uh, had I known that they existed. But y- you really have to put in the research to figure out about these things. So we went to that, and there was like a raffle. I actually won uh, a, a one of those uh, one of those little baby bouncers um, that has to be at least 40 or 50 bucks. I don't know, but it was a raffle. We didn't spend a dime to go to this thing. This was some big community organized thing to get parent first time parents out and and all that jazz. And I want a baby bouncer for for Emery. How about that? How about that? Hashtag epic winning. But that you know, I mean, at, as fun as it was, it was fun to go to. It was informative. You know, you 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 meet some people, or at least you see some people, and you interact a little bit. But it took from 11 to 2. <laughs> so we went to that from 11 to 2, came home, rested for about an hour, got some things straightened up. Like, for me, Saturdays routinely, laundry's getting done, and at some point I have to spend about 15 minutes getting my uniform together. And my, my old uniforms, back before I got promoted, I get promoted, I get all this brass that I got to pin on to my uniform now. Before the promotion... Everything was either ironed on or sewn on. No no insignia, no pins, no nothing. Then you rank up and you got to pin on everything on your shirt. And you forget how annoying pinning things on the shirts are. Because I'm a perfectionist. I can't pin my name tag above my pocket and not have it, like, centered. It needs to be centered... Uh, and it needs to be centered the right way, and then I got a pin that goes above it that says, you know, field training officer, and I have to get that just right too, and then I have to go up to the collars and pin these bars on them, and I have to make sure they're squared away and perfect. And then I have a, a service award pin for five years of service. I'm actually seven, seven pushing on eight years of service, uh, but it's a little pin that says, you know, five years of service award you know, and I gotta put that on the pocket just square and right too. If I don't do that, it'll annoy the hell out of me. And <laughs> that's where it's like, Ugh, I hate pinning things on this uniform. I hated doing this. Why did I do this? Oh, that's right. I did it for the advancement and, you know, betterment of my work establishment. That's why I did it. 
That's the price you pay. You have to take an extra 15 minutes to pin things. And you never get it right. By the way, you never get it right the first time. You never get it right the first time. You put it on, you look at it, and you're like, oh, no, that's wrong. Oh, no, that's wrong. And you finagle with each little piece of push-pin crap for about two minutes each. By the time you're done collectively, it's like been 15 minutes. And I guess because of me being an adult now, I look at that and I'm like, that's a whole quarter of an hour. But I digress. This week has also, uh, the other thing that was up in the air about whether or not I would record a FritzCast episode is uh, home ownership woes, I guess you could say. Uh, my HVAC unit kicked out last week, stopped working, dead. Went to bed one night, it was fine. Woke up the next morning, nothing's working. This is a saga, so brace yourselves, all right? So, at first, last week it was mild. I was like, you know what? It's mild. We can have the windows open. We can have fans on. It's not going to kill us. We're not going to die. And my wife agreed. But in Delaware, it goes from mild to so stinking kill-me-now humid in the blink of an eye that you don't want your HVAC system to kick out like that. So, what did I do? Well, what did my wife do? Resourcefully, she digs up some some resources on YouTube, tells me to watch the videos. I watch them. Okay? It's common diagnosing problems for, for you know, HVAC, you know, uh, air conditioner units and all that. So I go to the outdoor unit after watching this video, pull the panel off, look at the condenser cylinder. Condenser cylinder is fine, so I know it's not that. Uh, and then in looking at it, I, I power on my system so I can look at it physically. I see sparking from a wire that has, for some reason, melted. Don't know why. So I shut the system down. I take pictures of it. I send it to my brother, who's an HVAC technician. He looks at it. Yeah, those wires aren't supposed to be melted like that. It's one main wire that went to con- that went to the condenser. So he says, hold on, I'll be right there. He comes over with his kit. We, uh, we cut down the wire, strip it, put a new cap on it, and put it back on the condenser and fire the system up. System's running. I'm like, great, problem solved. We just fixed this. I owe him maybe 50 cents and a beer or something, you know, for his time. And I just learned how to do something. Well, except the, the the pipes started freezing over. They started frosting over. And he's like, ooh, that's a problem. That means your refrigerant isn't cycling for some reason, or you don't have any. And that's also when I conveniently told him that the little locking caps for where they put your refrigerant in the system were not on my unit, and I had to screw them back on by hand, at which point he suggests somebody might have siphoned my refrigerant while... Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Thanks, God. I don't know why I go there. <laughs> I do not know why I go there. Because I could dive into a religious talk, but we're not going to do that. I'm not, but I'm sitting here like, wow, nice guys really can't win. Like, you can't win being good people. Somebody's gonna, Some dick's going to come and steal your refrigerant. Whatever. I get the tech out here. He looks at that, he goes, it, He goes. the outside unit might not be the problem at all. He looks at my inside unit, where my fan won't kick on at all. And he goes, oh yeah, your board might be fried here, because we can't get your fan to start up. So he presents me with two options. Option number one, get a new board that is original to this unit for the high efficiency purposes, I say in air quotes. Because he explains to me that the high efficiency in the system is maybe, maybe 2% on an electric bill. Maybe. A.K.A. not a big deal. Not a big savings. Not a, not a 
gross overall savings to, to really be concerned about. The fix for that is, I'm not going to give you the exact number, but it's in the upper echelon of the hundreds of dollars, possibly approaching a grand, to fix this board, to have this system function the way that it was originally intended to function. Wow. Hate that option. That sounds like bumpkiss. Second option, get a bypass that will, instead of allowing this fan to slowly turn on and do the quote-unquote energy efficiency bit uh, for literally like a third of the price of the first option. And I kind of talk with my wife real quick, and I tell the guy... Yeah, you know what? Option number two sounds great. Who cares about 2% on your electric bill for energy efficiency uh, when it's like a nearly 1K fix when the option number two fixes the problem and you don't lose out on too much? That being said, I'm still waiting for option two to actually take place. That's the option we picked. We're waiting for his parts to get ordered, and then he'll come and he'll fix it. And my AC will, crossing my fingers, work. Because if it doesn't, I'm done. I'm going to Best Buy, and I'm buying one of those three to $400 portable units that stand up in your house that you just knock out a window to put the little return and intake valves on and call it a day. That's what we're looking at. But that's just part of home ownership gripes, you know? I'm not finished fix I'm not finished redoing a floor. I got a baby on the way. The air conditioner kicks out and I've got a pregnant wife at home and it's starting to get muggy and hot as balls outside. What, you know, what? But you've got to sit back. You got to count your blessings. I have a job. I have a job in which I can work overtime uh voluntarily on on my own warrant and beef up paychecks if I want, as a, a job that is giving me up to 12 weeks of parental leave that I can take however I want, that's fully paid, do I really have rights to complain? I don't. It's been, uh, like, the pa- the past two days, it's been comfortable outside. It's been nice. The windows being opened and the fans blowing have kept the house more than comfortable. You know, like last night I wanted to sleep with a blanket. It got that cool outside. That's that's a fortunate circumstance. It's a fortunate circumstance that yesterday in the house it was beautiful. But if it's going to get hot and muggy again and start pouring its ass off in rain, yeah, I got to get the system fixed. So that's been my week in a nutshell. Now, as for the political topics, as for the politicals, first and foremost... My buddy, Brian Nichols of The Brian Nichols Show. You gotta listen to his podcast if you haven't already. He had Justin Amash on. The Justin Amash. The man that Republicans love to hate. That libertarians wish they had. And that liberals and Democrats respect. Now, I haven't listened to that episode yet. I'm actually gonna listen to that after I'm done recording this. But... That's a big score for my buddy Brian Nichols, and I'm I'm number one. I'm proud of the guy. I'm very proud of the guy. And it's epic that he got Justin Amash to come on the show. 
and I believe that's like a 35, maybe 40-minute long interview. And I can already tell you right now, it's it's a must-listen to, and I haven't even listened to it yet, but it's a must-listen to. So check that out when you're done. But in politics this past week, there's been so many crazy things going on. Uh, first and foremost, things like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking about... Uh, talking about the border detention centers at, at the southern border of the United States, uh, holding immigrants, uh, and comparing them, calling them concentration camps, and more or less comparing them to Germany ni- circa 1930s. And there's a lot of people that are doing this. And, and, and before I continue, just... Let me just clarify and pump the brakes and, 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 you know, spell some things out real quick. Number one, because my immigration stance on, on the spectrum it, uh, it is a fairly simple one. If, if somebody wants to immigrate to this country <clears throat> for a better life for themselves and their family, I believe that that process should be relatively simple for them to do. Uh, to get over here to become a productive member of society. Absolutely. I think that should be a, a relatively easy process to go through. And right now we know it's not. Right now we know there's there's lottery systems tied into this, and there's waiting lists, and there's denials, and and all this jazz. I'm not... I'm not per se that, you know, open borders libertarian, because... Of the way that the current structure of, of the system and the setup is, I don't think you can be an open borders anybody. Like, it's impossible because we have complex welfare systems set in place. We have sanctuary cities set in place. We have a lot that plays into what's going on in accommodating people that are migrating here or immigrating here, both legally and illegally, so to speak. That being said, I don't think it's wholeheartedly wrong to have some type of border control in place, number one. Number two, just because Just because I think that there's problems with the processes and don't agree with it doesn't mean that I'm going to look at a certain layer of events and try to spin it in such a way to cause such outrage in the veins of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or this bastard Australian journalist that was flooding my Twitter over the past couple of days with with not wanting to hear out my side of the argument at all and then eventually just calling me a fucking idiot, you know. So, uh, hey, good day, mate. God bless. Stay down under where you belong. That's all I can say. Uh, because I had, an, I had engagement with, I think an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez follower on one of her posts about this that was actually a productive discussion from point, you know, from point A where it started to point 
you know, be where it ended. Because it ended with the person not fully agreeing with me, but scaling back on the on the rhetoric a little bit and, and seeing where I was coming from. You know, when I have this argument with people on, on what's going on down at the border and in these detention centers, when I have these arguments with people, I'm not, I'm not trying to be right. I'm not trying to win. You know, I'm not that person that, that is going to fight tooth and nail to be the right person. But there's just, there's just a level of insanity when we're talking about it. And couth that I think many on the left lack when they talk about this. Like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez going off about how their concentration camps at the border and that more or less these immigrants are being rounded up for mass extermination. She didn't say that per se. But that's the that's the link that they're trying to make. They say the word concentration camp. And what what comes to mind when you hear the word concentration camp? This was the bickering that was going on. Like like this Australian journalist that I got into a tiffy with. Uh, because, you know, concentration camps, their argument was this is how it started in the 1930s with Hitler. This is how that Holocaust all started. And I'm like, you're conveniently glossing over the fact that the Holocaust was one of the worst events in history. Not just against the Jews, but against the homosexuals and so many other different types of people. I mean, the Jewish people took the cake in numbers. But their whole point, their whole point of... uh, that nationalism and those concentration camps and those death camps. People were saying also, I think you're confusing the term concentration camp with death camp. Well, if you read up the terminology of concentration camp, uh, it does say that it's sometimes or often associated with camps where people were sent to die. So there is that little caveat But this trying to bridge what's going on at the southern border to 1930s Nazism and saying this is how it started and all that jazz. I get I, I get that there is a huge issue on the border. There's many people, many, many, many people at the border that are being stopped and put in these detention centers. More or less for no crime. I agree with you. And they're fundamental human rights may in fact be being violated and I get that but when we're talking about immigration control and enforcement I mean do you just want all these people walking into the country unchecked uh, unknown if they're coming in sick if they're bringing diseases with them what their purpose in coming here is I'm not saying any of it is nefarious all right. If we want to talk about drugs, drugs don't get snuck in from the border. They get snuck in at the port of Philadelphia and the port of Wilmington. All right. I think it was the port of Philadelphia had something like a, a huge multi-million, possibly billion-dollar cocaine bust because these shipments come in and they pop open a crate and it's, oh, my God, look at all this cocaine. It's not, it's not coming from the southern border. 
We're not having drug lords from the southern border just waltz it across the U.S. border. It doesn't work that way. All right, I get that. Most of those families that are down there, they shouldn't be getting separated and, and put in the cages, per se, and they shouldn't be stuffed into rooms that can't hold their capacity. But at the same token, what can we do with the current levels that are coming in? What can we do? I don't agree with them getting stuffed into detention centers and being families being split apart and people uh, <coughs> getting stuffed into rooms and overcrowding and all that, which, by the way, is something that's happening in every United States prison in every state in the United States, but people aren't as active about talking about that either. But that's beside the point. We're talking about immigration on the southern border. Nobody's getting rounded up for those detention centers. It's not like the U.S. has sent the army out to just round up all the Mexican people down there with the intent of housing them indefinitely in detention centers with the intent to force them into labor or possibly execute them. So I think when you're drawing the comparison lines and when you're trying to bridge the gaps, this is exactly what's happened. This is exactly what was happening in 1930s Nazi Germany. That's a bit of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. Granted, I don't like Orange Man either. I think his rhetoric is terrible. But I, I do believe that you have to be careful in the comparisons that you're drawing and the rhetoric that you're using. And I don't think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or any liberal talking head or journalist, I say loosely with quotes because that Australian dude's profile said journalist, but it didn't have, conveniently didn't have any links to, to any verified journalistic source. It just said journalist. All right? I mean, at least when I, at least my stuff just says podcaster. Everybody knows that I'm just a freaking talking head, a guy that's observing things. I just so happen to be listed among one of the top 30 libertarian podcasts, but what do I know? I'm just a layman, but I, I don't believe AOC or anybody should go unchecked when they're walking that line. Because I I believe that's a dangerous line to walk. I, that's, to me, go back to like my episodes about rose-colored glasses when it comes to history. Just, just go back and listen to one of them. I do think there's some dis distinguishing differences in the cases. That doesn't mean that what's going on at the border down south is acceptable in any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely not agreeing with the conditions that they're in or how the situation's being handled. But it does matter how you tackle that. It does matter how you get people to talk about that. And it does matter when you're trying to bring up the solutions Oftentimes, which these conversations are missing, all it is is pointing out the bad and saying this is bad, 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 not really offering a solution. And when I say offer a solution, a solution isn't just letting them walk in and then finding a way to deal with it as they've walked in. It's a very big, complex subject. And it falls not just under Donald Trump's administration— but Barack Obama's administration and George Bush's administration and Bill Clinton's administration. It's been an ongoing thing. 
that was a hot topic over the course of the past week. The other hot topic is the thing that probably got John Bolton. It it is John Bolton, right? Yes, yeah, John Bolton, um, serving as the twenty seventh National Security Advisor for the United States. John Bolton. I almost, you know, I have to be careful with names because John Bolton. Very similar and close to Michael Bolton. This isn't a Michael Bolton situation. (laughs) This is definitely a John Bolton. This is the same thing. Anytime I talk about uh, Howard Schultz running for president, I have to stop myself because almost every freaking time I say Charles Schultz. And Charles Schultz is the guy that made Charlie Brown and Peanuts. So John Bolton... The other big thing in news is what probably what got John Bolton twiddling his fingers like Mr. Burns sitting in a dark office going, excellent. Um, Iran shot down a U.S. drone in airspace, which I believe, if I'm right, I believe it was their own airspace. And Donald Trump came painfully, like, minutes away from striking Iran, but called it off for some reason. I don't know why. I didn't get to research that bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't heavily research that bit, because this happened within, like, the the past 72 hours, I think. Uh, This drone gets shot down. Tensions rise. Donald Trump orders a strike, calls it off with minutes left to spare. Uh, because what happens, it seems like we're inching closer and closer to some kind of war or conflict with Iran, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think a lot of people are very hesitant to wanting to get into a war. Uh, I, I give kudos to a lot of people nowadays for being vocal against wanting to just dive into a war in comparison to years of old where it seemed like we didn't really stop and think twice about this kind of stuff. But it sparked it sparked that conversation and that debate. Iran, you know, what are we going to do about Iran? Are we going to have a war with Iran now? I, I Very, very, there's so much going on. Almost too much going on. Almost too much focus being spread across such a wide platform. And that's what really makes these times scary. I think this I think this is honest to God. Scary time to live in. Because tensions can get so high. And then we're talking about warfare. We're talking about the people of Iran have actually been in protest off and on against the current Ar- Iranian regime. And then that brings in the discussion of should America be involved in regime change warfare? And I sounded very drunk saying that. <laughs> regime change warfare. Does regime... That is such... I'm having such difficulty. I'm trying to wrap up the episode. I'm having such difficulty. Regime change. American regime change hasn't really worked out in our benefit now has it not in that certain region of the world at least anyway and it brings up a great discussion how 
what should our involvement be, if any? And then you have stakes like this where, uh, you know, an unmanned U.S. drone gets shot down in, in, in space. In airspace of somebody's. Whether it was Iran's airspace or just international airspace, I don't know. But it's one of those things where a lot of people, when they talk about this, they won't stop and talk about if we saw somebody's unmanned drone flying up and down the coast of the United States or over the United States, it'd be gone before it even got here. No questions asked. But Iran isn't allowed to shoot down a United States unmanned drone. Very touchy subject when, when you crack open that egg. Tensions are high. And it's it's reaching a boiling point. It's reaching a boiling point over a lot of stuff. And all I gotta tell you is as we get as we prepare for the for this next wave of Fritzcast episodes and, and what's coming down the pike, I hope people realize that it's not just voting orange man out of office that solves all these issues, because it doesn't. People are naive and foolish enough to think that it's all Donald Trump, but it's not. All right, Orange Man may, in fact, be bad. I may agree with you on a lot of that. I might agree with you that his character sucks. But it's not all Orange Man bad. Now, that's all I'm going to talk about this week. Like I said, it's been a, a jam-packed week from my AC not working, baby stuff, and overtimes. And I need to take a chill pill. I need to take a nap, get ready for work tonight, uh, because I'm doing a 16-hour shift, and I'm doing another 16-hour shift after that. So... With that being said, that does it for me. I thank you for tuning in and listening. Remember, check out my friend Brian Nichols, The Brian Nichols Show, for his interview with Justin Amash. Must listen to episode. Listen to it. Listen to it now. There will be a new entry in the FritzCast database uh, over this weekend. It's either going to be uh, Sunday or Monday at the latest. It'll be up and posted up. A new blog entry for uh, database coming up and then uh, there will be a new episode of Fritz Cast next week absolutely so follow me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash the Fritzcast. do not forget the the when you write that T-H-E uh, Twitter I'm at FritzQS Gmail you can reach me FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com I am spreading out to other social media websites to try things out, like Parler is one. Uh, Minds.com, that's kind of stalemated right now, but it's still out there if you want to check it out there. And remember, the podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. It's like everywhere. It's everywhere, and it somehow, by the grace of God, got ranked in the top 30 libertarian podcasts for 2019. I have no idea how that happened. I thank and love each and every one of you for that. And I'll see you guys next week. Love you.